1: Recorded live.
0: Hi, good morning. It's July twentieth, two thousand fifteen, and welcome to the SOS Mastermind call. And um, today, um, sort of like sometimes I get scattered. I'm looking up some things that I want to talk about, or people that I heard about that might have something that can help all of us sell and all that. And I get a little scattered, so. I um, could use a little help. Um, what I did this time was I was researching some of the other speakers at um, the ABC show, the ones that Don liked and Brad liked. Um, Don was talking about Tim Wackle and um, um, I really should have, done. so when we open up the phones, we'll start with you, like, um, asked you. I think you had a worksheet from Tim about clothing that you really liked, and I was hoping maybe you could share that and I didn't know if you had it in writing something we can scan and send out but I know you really like that but um so I started you know googling around on Tim Wackle a bit and um seeing if there was anything that um, that I could figure out you know that maybe might be helpful but I think Don really has the good stuff and um but one thing that he was saying that um he was talking a lot about and then Don you can pick it up um, is that he was talking about not being afraid to get to know, like, and he was really right. Like, like as a salesperson, we always go in, like, I mean, it's human nature. You go in, you hope they like you. They hope the pricing's okay. You hope you're always looking for the everything is going great, you know, kind of thing and which we all do, but there's a part of us, um, and I'll speak for myself. I'm certainly one of those people that sort of is fearful of the uncertainty of a deal, or maybe, like, losing it sometimes, and it makes it kind of scary a little bit. And what he was encouraging, it was really a great idea, was about really flushing out the bad news. So instead of leaving, and you know you have good instincts, all of you, like, what the hell are you doing? What's that?
2: Sorry. (laughs) Someone almost hit me.
0: Oh, wow. Who is this? Uh Bob? Bob? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Be careful. I am. You need to pull over. I am. Okay. There you go. There you go. Just be careful. shouldn't be driving and listening.
2: Sorry about that.
0: That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. But anyway, um, and and I know I've certainly done this, like when I'm presenting something and I'm trying to um, sell something in, um, I would kind of know things weren't 100% right or maybe there was something else going on, but maybe I avoided the topic. You keep the hope alive. And, oh gosh, Don, you'll have to correct me, but Tim has a word for it, like the hope, hoperium, or like basically that, that salespeople live on hope a lot, and we all live on hope, and that it's really better just to flush it out. And so, for example, like let's say you're looking at something and your gut tells you that they're looking at the pricing and maybe – they don't like it or something or you have good guts if something isn't right so you know you might say something like you know I kind of have this feeling that you know the pricing makes you feel uncomfortable I kind of have that feeling and then let them answer and they may say no the pricing is fine but you know I'm not really sure that about the delivery I'm not really sure this is right for us and then you start getting all the rest of it so in other words flush it out rather than kind of try to avoid it I thought that was great advice and it also won't waste your time when you're constantly hoping, hoping, hoping. You know, we all do that. So to kind of keep that, those kinds of um, um, tips in mind, that when you're sitting there and you can kind of tell by body language or by their, you know, their face or just from your own experience, um, you know, that flush it out so that you can figure it out. And then you can come up with a better proposal or help them solve what's really on their minds. Um, and then the other thing that I I picked up from him was that, um, um, you know, the whole idea, and I bet you talked about this, Don, about, you know, you meet someone new, they, they, a new customer, they seem to like you, they ask for a proposal. I hear this a lot on the call from you guys, especially. Then, um, you get the infamous, give us a few days to get back to you. And then you're like, you know, then you, you get into the whole mode of like you never, ever, ever hear from them, never, ever, and then it feels like, well, I, ch- you know, da 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 da, da. and then I don't want to mix mix up the two. Um, um, I was gonna say consultants here, but it was saying like never think that it's a no. Like our assumption, lots of times we don't hear from people, probably stuff that we learned in childhood that if people someone doesn't call you back, it's, they're not dating them. You know then they don't like you well that's not really the case it's just that they're you know they're busy with other things and don't ever you know get into that like negative it's definitely no you guys know this better than anything but um he was also talking about you know when you respond when you're trying to get someone's attention it's so hard to sort of pull yourself out from the pack if you will so you know, you're leaving a, a voicemail, so it's, you know, are you writing an email? Are you going to write leave a voicemail? Are you going to text them? You know, that kind of thing. And, of course, it's all about the timing and knowing what to do. So he was talking a lot about, you know, how do you make yourself stand out? And he was saying, like, you know, leaving those messages like, you know, hey, I was just checking in, wondered if you had a chance to look at things and if you had any questions is pretty much – um a message of no value and puts you on a level playing field with your competitors and other people and may even be, it might just be any salesman for anything, right? So what he was saying was it might be better, and we've talked about this here, uh, you know, to be able to leave some valuable information rather than leaving the, hey, just checking in. And there's always something, always, always something. So for example, um, hey, I just, you know, I went to the, you know, I just went to a conference and I saw like these really um cool, you know, whiteboards that actually just stick onto the wall, they're flexible, you know, and I was wondering, do you guys have a lot of meetings um where, you know, you take notes and you know, maybe, you know, it's so much cheaper than a whiteboard or or you want to have flexibility in your room. I'm not saying this, right? But, you know, you could have a a, a meeting in any room in the office anywhere rather than just the the one where there happens to be a whiteboard or you could take notes anywhere uh, that wasn't very sleek, but you get the idea hey i just I was just thinking about you and thought you might you know that might be something that might help boom, um, you guys know or you saw a really cute promotional item, and you you know that it's a an account that likes that kind of thing, or um, maybe this it was something that a customer was considering a long time ago, so um you know, maybe a long time ago in your notes, you're looking in Goldmine and you see that they were considering, you know, the little first aid kits or little Band-Aid things that have their promotional, you know, in a medical office and say, hey, you know, I was thinking about you today. I was thinking a long time ago you were thinking about, you know, doing a pro minor with some Band-Aids and stuff. And I was thinking, have you ever thought about it again? Is that something that, you know, or I saw something new in the medical field that I just thought you might like. Really quick, Boom that that sets you a little bit apart. The other thing that he was suggesting and this really, you know, I don't know if this would, this really gives a little bit outside the box for some of you and, but also, um, and, you know, doing more teleconferencing, or more video conferencing. And this was my note, but even for some of you, and I mean, it would have to be really short, but following up and sending a little video of yourself. Maybe giving a suggestion or something, but it have to be super short. I know that's really outside the box, but you know, it does set you apart. And again, giving some kind of value, valuable information, um, and it might be something even about the economy. You know, like, hey, I was just checking up, and I just read the new economic report in Phoenix, and or wherever you are, and you know, housing is up, da 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 is up. So that means that people are going to be much more apt to whatever their business is, whatever. So you get the gist of it, Set, you're setting yourself apart. And another thing that he talked about, and I don't know anything more about this, maybe Don does, is that he was saying that when you leave a voicemail for a new prospect, that you, ha- you really, really, he's a true believer in using scripts. You really, really, because you won't, be- you won't remember what you said, you know, or how you said it, but having, having scripts is important. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't know if you guys use scripts or not and um we'll come back to that. I know it's come up and I think I've heard Nathan talk about it before. So um and then I was looking at Brian Biro, I think that's the name, and and that was the class that uh Brad went to and he really liked him. He's the break the board coach and I think he's really into um the winner's mindset. And um and let me see something. Oh and he was talking a lot about, and I bet you he did it in your class, Brad, I'm guessing, about John Wooden, the, the infamous or very famous UCLA basketball coach, winner of 10 national championships. And I think there's a lot of books that John Wooden actually wrote about inspiring people, inspiring yourself. Um, and and um, he was talking a lot about, you know, the difference between, you know, the old difference between being good and great and whether you're willing to do something So if, um, you know, Rusty says, okay, you know, um, let's do Dream Teams, let's have Sledgehammer accounts, let's go after that, and you're more than willing to do it. You know, you really don't um, have an issue with it. You're willing to do it. He likened that to the same as when you ask your teenager to clean their room. I mean, they're willing to do it, but it's nothing to be inspired about. And he said what the difference is and what real winners do is that they're really eager to do it. So when they get those sledgehammers counts, they're really, like, anxious to do it. And the nice thing about that is that, you know, you're always 100% in charge of your own eagerness and your own heart and everything else. And, of course, you talked about, you know, when you're good at work, it's more than important and maybe more, of course, more important to be, you know, a good parent, a good partner, and other things like that. So, um, and I'm sure there's way more that, you know, Brad can share about Brian Biro, but it was a lot about, you know, you can do more than what you think you can. And it's really what you think you can do. And when you do something that you thought you couldn't do, like breaking the board, it makes you beg the question, what else could you do? And we know that our minds are so powerful over our bodies and everything else that we really can do anything. So when you think about those Sledgehammer accounts, yep, you can get in. You absolutely can get in and somebody else got in at some point, and they're no different than you. And then I started tooling around my favorite site ever, and, um, and that's the TED Talks, so my favorite. And I always like to see if I can find something new that can help us sell. And um, I actually found a talk um, <clears throat> from Mel Robbins. That's a, um, she's female. And she's, um, I think she does a lot of, like a lot of these guys, a lot of coaching and so forth um and um you know inspiring kinds of things but one of the things she said really hit home with me and maybe it'll hit home with with some of you and that is like that whole thing like um you know people some people call it like discipline or self discipline and i always kind of relate back to like if you have to lose weight or when you, whether or not you want to work out or whether or not you want to start making cold calls or, you know, maybe it might even be going after some of these big accounts. I don't know. But you know that feeling of, like, you have all the good intentions in the world and it's like hitting the snooze on your alarm in the morning. You know, your alarm goes off and, I don't know, maybe a lot of you, many of us have, you know, the whole idea that we're just going to, you know, hit it the alarm and pop out of bed and just go after the day but we end up hitting the snooze three or four times um and what she was saying was that one of the things we have to face as humans is that we're really never ever going to feel like doing anything (laughs) in a way you'll never feel like it and the thing that gets you to change into doing something new to do that idea that you had have you ever been driving around and you have like a great idea or you just have a great idea that kind of sticks with you for a while and then you never do anything about it. Have you ever done that? I have. And then it's frustrating. And then inevitably, years later, you'll, you'll be somewhere and someone else did it and you'll be like so pissed. Well, scientists call that activation energy. It's, um, it, that is the energy you need to do, um, to do something new. And humans, for some reason, think that like the next day, like we'll feel like doing it. And the reason that we're never, ever going to feel like doing that thing, you know, that we just, I guess, feel willing to do, if you will, is because, back to the brain, right? The brain has two sides to it, right? The um, the um, habit, habitual side, it's like that, routine, right? So it's that side of your brain that's filling Maslow's needs, you know, first thing that the, the human body looks for is water, food, etc, etc, etc but um, and that, and so the body is literally um, wired to kind of get into that habit again and that um, on the other side, you, part of your brain is also wired to explore and your body's always growing and, and so forth so to get out of your head to do something out of routine, you have to force yourself, and you have to get out of your heads. So, um, so if you listen to how you feel when it comes to what you want, you'll never get it. You have to get out of your comfort zone. So for many of us that are waiting for that morning when we say, "Yep, yeah, I'm going to start working out today. I'm not going to eat, you know, 200 Oreos today." and hope that something is going to happen, um, it's it's like not going to happen, basically. You have to force yourself. You have to take the side of your brain that's on autopilot and the other side of your brain that is your emergency side. So every single time you do something different, the emergency side will do mayday, mayday, and try to stop you from doing it. So here's the key to it. There is a five-second rule and it works like this. Your mind and your brain will pull the emergency brake if you don't act on an idea within the five seconds that you have it. It will just biologically kill the idea. So in other words, if your alarm goes off and today was the day you decided you're gonna start working out, then when you don't hop out of bed immediately, and you hit the snooze. I'm not saying you won't get up, but in theory, if you don't just get up immediately and do it within five seconds, your brain will start talking you out of it. And even though when you pop out of bed, the first few seconds or minutes might seem miserable, once you get going, it's awesome because the human body also has that innate need to explore and that's doing something different or changing your routine. And here's one of the things that Mel Robbins was saying it was one of the greatest, um, what do we call it, inhibitors to trying something new or changing something that we, we want to change was the expression, I'm fine. So when someone sees you, you go, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Um, and she claims that when you say I'm fine, you don't have to do anything. Hey, how's business doing? Oh, it's fine. And he, she said lots of times, You're really not, you're saying you're fine, but it might be like, yeah, you know, I've gained 20 20 pounds, but yeah, I'm fine. Um, How's work? Oh, it's great. I'm making half what I did last year, but yeah, I'm fine. Uh, And that when, and basically saying that expression, I'm fine is an excuse to not have to do anything. And at the reality of it is, is that each one of us are born at a certain time with a certain genetics. And the chance of us being born in that time with our personal ge- genetics is one in 400 trillion. So that makes you so unique, you're more than fine, right? You're, we're, we're not fine, we're fabulous. And each one of us was put here to have life changing ideas that can change not only our own personal lives, but it could change the world. So the question is, you know, we all have that inner snooze alarm. And if you want to change anything, always remember that you'll never feel like it. You have to force it. Absolutely have to force it. And I really thought that those messages were really worthwhile because I I certainly had that idea in my head. Like, I don't know what I thought, like aliens were going to come down, take my brain and just make me do stuff. But it comes down to activation energy and force. And that initial force, when you force yourself, it will be uncomfortable, but then it will feel great if you just get through the initial discomfort. Don't depend on how you feel about something or you'll never get it. So get outside your comfort zone and remember that five-second rule. When you have that great idea, write it down, even if you're, well, I don't want to say if you're in the car especially, uh, but you know what I mean, jot it down, do something about it within the five seconds. And remember, you always have to force yourself. None of us are ever, ever going to feel like it. So with that, let's open up the phones. And I think I'm going to pick on Don first. Star six. Are you there, Don? Yes, I am. Hi. Good morning. I don't know. I couldn't find the cool stuff you got from Tim Wackle. He's got it hidden pretty good. So oh,
3: yeah. I do I do have workbooks from, from both classes, you know. So I thought I could give him to Rusty and he could he could just pick stuff he wants to copy and, and just do a PDF or something an email Would and email. That'd be great. You know, the sales It'd be great. People, because
0: I know that if you know, if you thought it was valuable, so will everybody else. You know, especially yeah. about closing. I always found closing hard. And there's Yeah, and
3: you know, he does have that one thing you were talking about, he says, you know, kick the hopium habit. That's what he calls it.
0: <laughs> I don't remember what he called it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's
3: hopium. The hopium habit. And um I was looking through it as you were were talking and I was kind of following along. Mm -hmm. And uh, like uh, one of the things he does for an example of uh, like a phone call, he he never uses his last name initially. He'll say, or if he gets the person on the phone, he'll even say, hey, Tim, my name's Mike. We've never spoken before, but I recently visited your website. By the way, I really like your video. And then he says, I'm calling today and he's got it all worded out, you know. And I actually started doing some scripting just because I, I think it would help me. You know, once you get used to it, Right. Um, it, it becomes real natural anyway.
0: Well, you but know, says, I think it's a great, uh, yeah, it's a great example of forcing yourself to do something because your brain's telling you it sounds phony, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> don't you think?
3: Well, I think it, you know. Once I started writing it out, I felt a lot better about it than winging it. Right. Because um, at least I was going to hit the points I wanted to hit in the shortest amount of time. I, if I wing it, I tend to go longer than I really wanted to go. You know.
0: Right. People won't listen. They don't have any patience. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he he says things like, you know, um, if you give me 15 seconds, I can tell you why I called. Would that be fair? Mm-hmm. And then he just waits, you know. Um, one of the th- one of the ones I like out of the other out of the other guy's book was um, he always says leave your phone number slowly because we have a tendency to rush with our phone number. Uh huh. And he says things like, if I don't hear back from you today, I'll call you again tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> you know, oh. I'd never call anybody the next day, but I think that's a good idea because uh-huh. it's, it's kind of saying, hey, you are going to keep hearing from me.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: then uh, and then he says, uh, if now isn't right time or if you're not the right person I should be talking to, please call me back so I don't continue to call you. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was pretty good, too, because he's given them a chance to get out.
2: Mm-hmm. And that kind of
3: goes along with the hopium thing. It's like, you know, a no sometimes is your best answer because at least you're not going to keep prospecting until the cows come home and wasting a bunch of time with somebody that's, you know, buying from their mother-in-law and can't quit or something, you know, that kind of thing.
0: personal favorite of mine is always like, you know, if you're not the right person, can you, you know, do you have any thoughts or do you know, do you know who I should be calling yeah. or something like that? Yeah. yeah. I like that. That also saves time.
3: Yeah. And so there's quite a bit in both books. They, um, they, they kind of go down, Similar roads, but one of them does more detail into, like, after you've gotten the appointment, what you do after that. Um, I started uh, to track my contacts better. You know, I I just started doing my own version of one of these guys' deals. Because I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing. You know, I have it in Goldmine and stuff, and I've been setting it up, but I kind of like something I could just look at and see everybody on one page. With Goldmine, you're kind of having to look client by client, you know? Yeah. So... Kind of like that. And then he's he's all about, hey, you know, it's not just that you can ha- have uh, eight touches before you can get a deal on average or whatever, but it's not always the same thing. Like, he likes to do certified mail. Then he'll send a, an unusual item, you know. He calls these things lumpy mail. He wants to make sure it doesn't fit in there easily. It's like a bulge, you know. It's like you shove something in an envelope that shouldn't fit. He likes that, mm-hmm. you know, because it comes lumpy, and it's like people want to open it up. And then he does a he does a lottery ticket. He'll send him, he goes, you know, just let I just let you take a chance with me. All I needs is 10 minutes. Yep. So he sent him a lottery ticket, and, you know, it's just it was just creative things that kind of set you aside. That's right. I think on on one hand, you know, you're you're taking a chance that if you get a guy that doesn't have this, or a woman that doesn't have a sense of humor or is, you know, whatever, is just kind of dead in their job, something you do that's out of the ordinary might turn them off. Mm. And, you know, they may not be the right person to work with anyway. If that kind of thing Bother somebody enough to where they wouldn't want to talk to you?
0: Kind of like you. Like
3: maybe you're not, yeah, maybe you're, you really don't want to have them as a client.
0: <laughs> you know what? They'll remember your name. Whether It's not about liking, not liking. They'll remember who yeah. you are. Right. And right. the other thing, too, is that when they're in that meeting, you know, two years later, and somebody brings up promo items, and they're going, anybody you know anybody? Uh, you know what? There was this guy who <laughs> sent me whatever. Right. Let me go look.
3: A couple other things he mentioned that I thought were good was like he says um, when you're when you're in a position where you've been talking to somebody you already have a conversation going and you've met with them once or whatever, and rather than you know you can either say would you like me to go ahead and put together a quote, but he says what a lot of salespeople don't think about is if if the client's really not ready, and so his response to that is I sense that putting a putting together a quote is still premature. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. And I thought that's good because some people just they tell you to quote because they want to get you out of their office. Right. And then the best thing they're going to do is just take your quote and give it to the competition and see if they'll match it. So uh, sometimes people wanting a quote is just their way of getting rid of you, you know. So that's kind of a good response, I thought. Oh, Another one is like when you're waiting for appeal. Let's say you got a customer that's um, that usually sends you orders, but they they always require they always send a PO. And then you know you're in a month where you're not getting it, and for some you don't know why. And so our tendency is to just like I'm going to leave it alone, you know, and see see what happens. Maybe it's just late or whatever. Huh? Well, here here's his way of handling. He says, uh, "Hey, are we still in good shape to get the PO signed this month?"
2: So mm-hmm. that
3: was good. And then another one, he says, "It looks like we're not going to get a signed PO this month. Can you help me understand what I should have done differently?"
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I really like that too. Yep. You know? And then one of his ones when he calls is that I like was, um, "Can I assume it's a this is a bad time to talk?" <laughs> right. You know, are you in a meeting? Could we set another time to talk? Right. Like you know, just assuming the person's busy and that you're interrupting them and just telling them, you know, up front. So there's there's a lot of different options. There's a lot of different um, ways of doing it, and so people can experiment and see what they're comfortable with.
0: So this is Tim um, Wackle's book, right?
3: Yeah, it's Tim. It was his handout at the Sp Richards um, hmm. event. So it, that particular one he he did was on smart prospecting simplified. Okay. The other guy's book, which has a lot more information, that gets into um,
0: Dennis Chapko's book.
3: Yeah, he he gets his is entitled "Enriching Sales and Customer Satisfaction." So he does some of the initial contact stuff, and then he spends a lot of time on how to how to converse with the client in your uh-huh. meetings and stuff, and how to be, you know become the person that uh, they need you to be, uh-huh. kind of. And rather than you're just going to give. And this was one really good point out of all the stuff I read. I think one of my favorite things was we're always talking about trying to get to the person's pain, you know, like what, what is something that they need fixed? Mm-hmm. And uh, the point one of these guys was making was that a lot of times the people don't know what they need fixed. They, I mean, they may know those things, but they don't know. They, they take for granted certain processes in their company that they think it's the best way they're going to be able to do stuff. And because they don't know there's alternatives, and so they don't even realize that they have a problem. And so, as you're doing the interview, what you're trying to get to when you're kind of diagnosing is what are there things that they do that they feel like is the best way to do it, and that it's maybe an area where we we excel making it better. Right. And so you help them uncover the the problems they don't really know they have them. Right. And I think that's true. Like I've seen it happen with Nathan or or other guys that we, I've been in on, on the presentations with is, for example, you know having, uh, having invoicing from several different vendors, and how much time it takes to process those invoices and how much as mm-hmm. compared to monthly billing, having us do more than one product or service. And there's a lot of things that people just think they're kind of stuck with and they don't realize there's alternatives, especially when you get into like additional software if we go down that road more in the future to where you're helping someone with a, with a better system to accomplish their goals, you know. So I just, yeah. it just made me think outside the box more that it's not always what their problem is. Sometimes it's things they don't realize could be better.
0: Yeah, and don't you think that a lot of that's missed in like what, I don't know, I sometimes call it like the quiet expenses, things that don't necessarily hit a number like what you were saying, the time it takes to process an invoice or yeah. the things that take labor that people just don't really look at or think of the opportunity cost that they could be doing something else. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. And I hear that a lot on these calls when you guys have good calls. I hear a lot about, you know, again, you're offering them alternatives and new ideas, and that's what people really want at the end of the day more than anything. I, yeah, I, I
3: think one of the uh, points he's making is that there's a tendency to try to sell too soon or to close too soon. Mm-hmm. that in the initial meetings and stuff, it really has to be more of a prospecting and figuring out what's going on and what they're doing now. Like just get an idea of how they do things, you know, so that you can see an opening to something you can help. Because really, unless it's a legitimate way to help somebody, you're not, you don't have anything to offer them anyway. Right. You know, so it's pretty good. So I can give, I'll give these two workbooks to uh, Rusty after the call, and then he can just pick out what he, what he thinks might be good to scan.
0: That'll be great. That would be really great. I think I'll check them out too. I'll go get these guys' books and
3: yeah, that's one thing nice. At least you cash in on you know being in a meeting because you can share them with some of the other people that weren't there. Yeah, they're good. You know, I'm sure that's the reason I kept them is because I plan on referring back to them until I really know them well.
0: Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, that'll be great. Thanks a lot. And how was your week, by the way?
3: Oh, well, it was pretty good. I mainly was doing uh, following up with the steps. Sort of like trusting in the steps that I'm taking to get a hold of people and get a meeting. I didn't have anything materialized, but I did get away with you know hey here's the next step here's the next step here's the next one you know so
0: did you um is there a next step with Jay Levine?
3: Yeah, I actually contacted them twice last week by phone and email, and um oh. what we're trying to do is get to uh one i I'm asking them to let me do a pro- a procurement analysis of everything they do and as a a total aside to the software um, solution we've presented to them. So I want to be doing both. And and they're open to just having me do that because I I told them, I think it will be a lot better um, helping you in the software side if I totally understand everything you're doing now. Right. And and so they're going to, at least it looks like, they're going to let me just take take on everything and see what we can do for them money-wise and all the other ways they're spending money. Mm -hmm. And then um, as far as we don't know anything, though, as far as um, Josh – uh you know where he's at in the decision of going forward or not. I I haven't heard directly about that, so I don't know.
0: Okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting when that all wraps up. Well thanks a lot, Donna. You really okay. that was sure. really, really helpful. So look forward to getting the <clears throat> all that information in writing. Everybody can take a look at it. Appreciate it. Hey um let's let's go to Linda next. Are you on Linda? Sorry, I had my headphones on. Took yeah, a yeah, while. yeah. No, no, no worries. How was your uh, week?
4: I, well, honestly, I think it was a holiday the whole week, and nobody let me know because
2: everybody <laughs> I called
4: was on vacation, I swear <clears throat> to God. It was slow. I hardly even got emails. It was slow. But, I, I mean, I had a lot of things I had to do and, and work on and, and, and things. So, um, it just was tough trying to get a hold of people last week. It was quiet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they could have been adding on to July. Was that last week? July? Am I mixed up? No, it's not that. I on to the fourth You
4: know what? Schools starting so much <clears throat> earlier. Some. and everything I heard is people went to California um, to take their kids to California.
0: Right, <clears throat> Disneyland.
4: Like, they forgot to take us.
0: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> so, um, um, and I think um, I think you were working on hospice and and the rest um, of it. so.
2: Yeah,
4: um, we've got a trade show going for the Enzyme um, oh. group um, at the end of the month, which I'm pretty excited because just 200. Um, all the head people are going to be there. So oh, it's it's going to be an awesome show, and um, I'm excited about that. Is that. And
0: what type of groups for? Um... It, it, it's
4: Ensign Rehab. They own, um, I don't, actually, I don't know how many rehabs they have. I, I could look that up. I should know that. But they just bought 10 new ones in Arizona,
2: oh. and
4: um, I've just done um, six um, rush orders for T-shirts for them uh, for their opening days, and I got the last, uh, my last ones going out um, on Tuesday.
0: Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, you'll crush that show. That'll be a good one. Uh, and
4: I did an extra T-shirt for each one so I could display that T-shirt so they know that I'm doing stuff for them, definitely.
0: Okay. Yeah, that'll be a good one.
4: Yeah, it's, it's that would really be
0: cool. Yeah, that'll be really good. Sounds like a company that would be good for e-commerce.
4: Um, the only bad part, oh, absolutely, are individually, but they don't buy direct. Every every rehab buys individual, well, and they can buy anything they want from any vendor.
0: Yeah, I wonder so, if there's some efficiency that. Well, that's something to think about. Hmm.
4: Yeah. I want to get them first, then I'll work on
0: that. Right, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks. In my back
4: pocket, then we'll work on it, huh? Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah, something to talk about in the future for sure, yep. Uh, Deb, are you on? Yes, I'm here. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. Great, so what's happening, how was your last week?
5: It was a little slow, um, but i um, Friday ended up being a pretty good day. So um, it made up for the rest of the week. Oh, really? What happened? Well, I I got a couple nice orders. Um, I've been doing some booklets uh, for three of my uh, surgery centers. Ah. And so they're now repeating. And so um, they usually order like a 1,000 booklets. And so I got two of them. So it's a pretty nice order because they're, you know, if they order a thousand it's like twenty four hundred dollar order. So okay. um it worked out pretty good. So uh getting those extra and then um I went to a client uh, that uh, the office manager left and so she um she told me who who I needed to talk to so I reached out to them a few weeks ago back and I said, hey, I just don't want you to forget about us. Um, I said, I'd be happy to come meet the new person. And she, so the gal gave me the new person who was going to be in charge, but she said, give her a couple weeks right. because she's just starting. Well, so I did. I gave her like three weeks and I got a hold of her and we met on Friday. And she just ordered a bunch of stuff through somebody else. And I was just like, ah, oh, I could just kick myself for waiting.
0: Right, um never
5: wait she to be polite and so, but anyway, it was a good meeting i don't, you know, I think Bill um she'll continue, and so um I came I had to go back and quote some stuff, so um, now I'm just waiting to hear from her
0: right, so, yeah, it on that one, like a welcome packet, uh some kind of a promo item to welcome her and. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that waiting thing will kill you every time.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah, because you just don't know, because that person's assuming that they would do what they would do versus what somebody else might do. Someone else might be getting into it right away. It might be the first thing on their agenda. Right, Yeah. All right, lesson learned. Yep. Check that box. Yep, Mm -hmm. I get it. Uh, Hey, Victoria, how are things in Tucson?
6: Good morning. Um, things are going really good. I had some slow times too, like everybody, but been keeping busy with um, all the other miscellaneous things going on. Doing a lot of promo quotes. Have gotten a few things closed up, uh, but comparatively, I'm doing a lot of quotes and not getting a, uh, as many of the orders in. So hopefully, we can start changing some of that. Um, been busy working on furniture for. Um, Nathan and Debbie's project. So it kind of seems to be one of those that keeps going on and on. So we'll work on working on those, trying to get something out of both of those. And following up with my lab project and some prospects that I've been uh, working on, a couple of them have fallen through and pretty much said that their corporate offices back east make the decisions and they're under contract. So some of the uh, things that I was hoping to, to get in, I've now found are dead, but now I won't spend time on those anymore. I'll find new ones and got it. met with a new client, a prospect uh, Thursday, I guess it was, and we're doing some quoting on some pretty nice fulfillment project. If we can get that one that closed up, that would be really nice. I'm waiting on pricing to get back on that. So a lot of stuff in the fire.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's really great. Yeah, I think I, I saw something about Nathan having a prospect. We'll get to him, but um, – I think um, let's move on to Aaron. I know you might not be feeling well, so um, are you able to pick up? If not, we'll move on. Okay, we'll we'll keep going. Hey, Craig, how's Las Vegas?
7: Going good. Um, that last week uh, set up, we, Rusty and I will be doing a uh, QBR business review for the Fletcher Jones Automotive Group, so we can kind of recap where they're at today over the past three to four months, and then see about, okay, great, where are we at to get the rest of the dealerships participating, but also then looking at, okay, let's talk about, let's get the print process and program implemented for those types of items. Let's get the promotional items implemented and, and done for that. Um, great progress with city of North Las Vegas. Uh, my contact over there actually sent out my contact information and everything to all the different department heads that do the ordering of print and promotional items.
0: Of what so company is that? I know. Uh,
7: it's not a company. It's actually the city of North Las Vegas.
6: Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
7: yeah. yeah okay. Which is very big. And so she was kind enough to send out all my contact information. We sent her in some of those um, goodie promo bags for some of the Good. people to buy a lot of promo. And she sent my contact information out. She's contacted me with the run that runs all the parks and recreations because he uses a ton of shirts and uniforms for his guys that he actually buys directly. So she put me in touch with him. We actually got our first quote from a department for some hats on Thursday. That's with with Rachel working on that we just sent over to the customer back on Friday. But they have a nice schedule of only working four 10-hour days. So they work Monday through Thursday, and that's it.
0: Oh, nice.
7: Yeah, nice little gig they have going there in the city of North Las Vegas. So we've got some progress there, which is great. And then I have a meeting at the end of this week with the Downtown Grand, a individual casino here in Las Vegas, to demo the site and then virtually talk about the next steps of, okay, great, let's get your print program implemented. Does it mean, you know, hey, you want me to go out to each of your departments internally on my own? No problem. I'll do a collection of all your collateral, bring it back in, take a look at it, see what you use, what you don't use, what can be combined and put it back to them so we can get the program the print program going for them, so that should be a very good opportunity moving forward with them.
0: No, that's really great. That's really great. Busy in Las Vegas. I bet you it's busy. You must be. It must be really busy there in the summer. I suspect it's a.
7: Well, it's, it's busy for the hotels because, of course, you have people traveling. But I think it's just like anywhere you run into a lot of people. Of course, are taking their vacation times too with their families, so they're like, "Oh, we're out," or "Hey, I'm going to be on vacation next week," or like this guy, like for the Parks and Recreation, who is literally out for like three weeks straight, I guess, using, like, stored vacation time. Because when my contact sent me the information, she's like, oh, by the way, but don't call him until, like, three weeks from now because he's currently out right now and won't be back until then. I'm like, wow, i got to get a job with the city.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you can hear that's pretty consistent. But um, it is true that school in a lot of areas is going to start soon, so people are going to start pulling back in. That's true. Um, Bob, let me check on you. Yes, ma'am. Jeez, <laughs> are you still pulled over? No. Okay.
6: No, I'm in the office. I oh, to the
0: oh.
2: side road back.
0: Okay. Damn, that was scary. So what's going on with you? Uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Got my juices flowing.
7: <laughs> uh, not, not, not much. It was a, an extremely slow week last week, but it gave me an opportunity to reach out to a bunch of prospects that are rather significant, and I did. I have an appointment uh, just confirmed this morning with one that I've been working on for quite some time. Okay. So, you know, I've I've gotten into uh, contacts with a couple other rather significant uh, opportunities that they have responded back okay. from the emails I sent last week, so hopefully I'll be working on those this week. Okay, great. Just be careful. Because, you know, I'm a little superstitious. I don't like to Put my cart before the horses. Yep.
0: Got it. Got it. Yep. That was just, just be careful. Um oh, yeah. <laughs> hey Hey, uh, Rusty, do you have any messages for the team?
1: Um, not really. Just on Wednesday, I'm going to be in Tucson with Victoria for the day. But other than that, I will be around pretty much all week. Um, I love hearing about the prospecting that we've got going on and talking to, to uh, new clients and then digging deeper within, within our existing clients. Sounds like everybody is uh, doing a really good job with all that. So I'm impressed and excited as to where we're going for the second half of this year.
0: Great, right, awesome. Uh, Nathan, um, I know cause since Aaron's not on the call, I didn't know if you had an update on um, uh, Goodwill.
8: Uh, Good morning, yeah, you know, uh, so I went back to California on, uh, I think it was Tuesday, uh, to meet with Goodwill, and, you know, like Aaron talked about last week, uh, the the first meeting that we had with uh, Goodwill was probably the weirdest meeting he's ever had, it was the second weirdest meeting I've ever had, and on the way out, after they, you know, they were giving us a tour, Uh, or the the assistant purchasing director was giving us a tour of the facility, which, you know, it's pretty incredible what they do at Goodwill and the amount of, um, you know, resources that they have. And it's pretty incredible. But anyways, you know, on the way out, you know, he's telling us that, you know, we're talking about office supplies prior to that, and we're talking about print, promo, and apparel, and furniture, and, you know, we're having these great conversations, and they're telling us, you know, we really like this person, we really like that person. And so Aaron and I, in our minds, are like, all right, well, maybe there's an opportunity for this, maybe there's an opportunity for that. So on the way out, the the assistant purchasing manager says that the CEO spoke with them and mentioned that he would like to create a buying group for all Goodwills, some community colleges, and some churches so what happened was after Aaron and I left that meeting that first meeting um, about two days after that Aaron got a call from the director of purchasing uh, and they thought Aaron was me was I and I was Aaron so they were confused so she asked me to come back and or to, to, to dial into a conference call to talk to this guy who was flying from Chicago so we met this guy and I mean it was once again, it was, it was a very strange meeting. I mean, you know, you, you're sitting in a meeting talking to somebody who has the ear of the CEO and a relationship with the CEO who is trying to put things in place that the other two people in the meeting, you can tell low.
2: <laughs>
8: so, it, you know, it was super awkward because, you know, so we were talking about furniture, Okay. And so the purchasing manager said, we're standardized on a Han product. I like the Han product. I don't want to switch the Han product. And the guy, the the purchasing guy says to me, well, can you guys get the Han product? And I said, yeah, we can get the Han product. And he said, well, can you save me money on the Han product? I said, well, I mean, there's only so much margin in Han. Uh, It's a pretty, you know, open line and it's pretty competitive. I said, but there are some companies that make products that are similar to Han or interface with Han. That are less expensive and he says okay great we'll standardize on that and the purchasing director was like um just wait neil uh i don't want to standardize on that mm-hmm. i want to standardize. i'm standardized on the nonprofit <laughs> i don't want the generic product oh. and i said you know we can build a program where where you have access to both or you you know some some good wills and i started talking about the technology and you know, I mean, it was like that. Like, she's like, well, you know, he, the, the director, this guy, Neil, the, direct, the uh, purchasing guy, he was like, well, you know, part of each uh, company's participation requirement is that they spend a minimum of 85% of their available dollars in each category in the group. And so, so anyways, we, you know, she walks us, the, the director of purchasing walks us out of the meeting And I said, you know, I could feel like there was some things going on there. And she's like, yeah, I really need to talk to Frank, the CEO, because I'm not doing any of that shit. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, yeah, you know, I said, you know, buying groups were great like 25, 30 years ago. And, you know, they really gave a lot of power to the consumer, I said. But, you know, with the advent of this thing called the Internet makes it pretty difficult, you know, for a buying group to compete with the Internet. And, you know, what I told her is I said, listen, I said, you know, we're happy to participate in this buying group. I said, you know, but I'm not going to get rich doing it. There's not a lot of margin. My company has a different value proposition than the lowest cost. You know, we're really about service, and I can tell that that's something that you care about from the two meetings that we've had where you talked about the great service that your furniture person gives you and the good service that your apparel person gives you. I think that my company is focused on service and committed to building those relationships and kind of, you know, taking care of some of those responsibilities so you can focus on more important things like aggregating 20 goodwills to, to save three and a half cents on two million hangers. And, and, you know, I said we're happy to, you know, we would love to be included in this. I said, but, you know, it's not really, you know, it's not really our, our unique value proposition. I said, but here, you know, do this. When you talk to Frank, since I know you have his ear, tell Frank that if he refers us to other Goodwills, we'll just make a donation of two percent to every, you know, uh, to to your Goodwill on every dollar that he refers us. You know, I said you don't need a buying group to get a five percent rebate because Neil's going to take some and then you're going to get some. I said just tell tell your CEO that if he refers us to another Goodwill, we'll pay if we're not doing business with that Goodwill already. Or anyone, it doesn't have to be a goodwill. We'll just pay them two, two to three percent based on you know the product mix. And she's like, "Oh, that's interesting." So, you know, once again, I have no idea. Now, <laughs> I did get a call from the purchasing group guy the following day,
2: <laughs>
8: and you know, he said that the CEO took him to another organization, and you know, what he was talking to me about was like, "Chump," I mean. I, I, I really have no idea if the guy is delusional um, or what, but, you know, he starts talking about, like, government contracts, okay? So how does your pricing compare to government contracts?
6: Oh, okay. God.
8: And I said, well, you know, we have some GSA accounts. He said, no, no, not GSA. He's like, what's GSA? I'm like, okay, so you don't know what GSA is, but you're talking about government contracts. That's kind of like the government contract. I said. Well, you know, we have access to the TCPN contract. He said, "Well, I'm not familiar with that one." Either. So, I have no idea. I mean, yes. ultimately, I can tell you that my trip to California last week was not a waste of time because Aaron and I, you know, um, we had some other great meetings. And you know, something that Aaron does that I think was a really neat practice is, you know, when he when he went in to you know talk to somebody about a project that you know, they had spoken about, he had all the information, which I'm sure we all do. But the other thing that he had was he he had something else that he wanted to talk to them about.
2: Right. So he
8: had a bunch of, you know, he had, you know, for um, Canyon Animal Hospital, he walked in with these maps with the idea of doing these mats for the exam tables for the dogs and cats to, like, sit on, instead of just having them sit on a metal table that can be cold and slippery and that kind of stuff. And that was not what he was meeting with them about, but he's like, oh, hey, while I've got your ear, uh, let me show you this thing. And he sold a couple hundred dollars worth of additional product just by being prepared to talk about something other than what he was prepared to speak of. So I thought that was a really good practice. Mm-hmm. But it, it was, once again, a very strange meeting. And, and, you know, I was, like, trying to build rapport like we do, right? And I was, I was like, oh, you're from Chicago? Are you a Cubs or White Sox fan? <laughs> I'm like, shh. Uh, okay.
0: Uh, I'm, like, oh. I'm like, I have
8: a ton of family in Chicago. What part? He's like, Oh, I hate Chicago. I'm like, Oh man, are you
0: kidding me? Like, you should have said, yeah. Oh, I hate my family.
8: Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so. It was. And then at the end of the meeting, we're like chit ch- chatting, you know. And he's like, he looks at me. He's like, I'm done with you. You can leave now. I'm you like,
0: know, I haven't we all called them Had those? Oh my god, it's funny when it's you and not me. I know, yeah. I've had them. <laughs>
8: it's the worst. It's one of those deals where you're so glad that you have another person from Specialized there. Yeah. Because so you can walk out, you get into the parking lot, and you're like, what just happened? Right,
0: exactly <laughs> right. And you know you know what it sounds like? It sounds like um, the CEO, I don't know about the rest of the people, is like a big idea guy, you know, like not really rooted in anything, but I have big ideas, and he's like thinking of all these ideas and just kind of throwing them out there. And then the rest of the people are kind of stuck to kind of try to figure out how to do them, whether they make sense or not. Is it like that? Yeah, I think it
8: is. And and I got an email from the director of purchasing on Friday, maybe it was Thursday, on Thursday, saying, Nathan, thank you very much for flying to California. This project is on hold. And I replied to her, I'm like, are you talking about the buying group or the opportunity to do business? And she's like, the buying group. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're arguing. They're, uh-huh. She won, basically, is what I figured out. She won. She went to the CEO, and she said, listen, we are moving this center to a new center. We're closing down this location. We just, oh, we're, we just committed to opening a 125,000-square-foot distribution fulfillment center. I have all this work to do. There is no way I'm do, giving any more attention to this stupid idea of yours. So.
0: <laughs> the thing that's weird about that is, like, out of the blue one day, out of nowhere, You'll just get this big order. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what'll yeah. happen. And you know hey what you hey
9: guys, to? this is Aaron.
0: Oh hey Aaron. Aaron. Uh,
9: <laughs> I almost got the feeling that this purchasing group guy has been calling on his buddy who is the CEO for years, and the CEO finally said, "Fine, you can come talk to my people." <laughs> right. And yeah. And he comes up with all these great ideas that he's going to do these great ideas, and the purchasing people go. Uh, no, we're not doing that. Okay. Right.
2: Oh, God.
9: Yeah. It was, it was, you know, I mean, it was, it was crazy.
8: But, you know, like I said, I mean, the day was, you know, it was worthwhile. Um, you know, and I think the practice that Aaron uses about having, always having something else in your pocket to speak about, you know, another offer, another opportunity, something else that you think can help them with their business. is a really powerful practice. It really, you know, helps you with your add-on sales and, uh, it, it it triggers an assessment in the listener that you are really interested in their business and that you're different than, you know, the other sales reps that just come and talk about what they want to talk about or less.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder how many times, I'm ready to put some money down on this one, how many times they're going to drag you back there? <laughs> I'm envisioning, like, three more trips, Nathan, I hate to tell well, you. <laughs> you know what?
8: You know what, Barb? Here, let me tell you the the, the thing that, that makes me the most pleased, okay? So when the director of purchasing was walking us out, and she was kind of a very firm person, right? Like she was, you know, it, it was difficult to know if we had built rapport and built trust. So she she walked us out to the lobby, and um, she said, yeah, you know, I've got to bring in all these vendors. She's got this whole list of vendors in different product categories. And she's like, you know, he wants me to bring in somebody from Waxy. I don't know anybody from Waxy. I use Granger. And I'm, I'm not switching from Granger. If he says you have to use Waxy, I'm going to tell him to take a hike. She's like, he asked me to bring in somebody from Staples. She's like, I don't have a relationship from, from Staples. She's like, so I told him, you know, listen, I met with these two guys last week. I really liked them. I thought they were really good. I'll bring them in instead. So what that said to me is that Aaron and I did a really good job the prior week even though it was a difficult situation and a really difficult call we did a good job establishing ourselves as a, as a possibility that she can see herself doing business with enough to bring us in and whether you know I didn't I, I wanted to make sure that we respected that and I wanted to make sure that even though this guy may or may not ever build a buying group with you know, he told me like $50 or or $100 million in sales or a billion dollars in sales, maybe even a trillion dollars in sales. <laughs> I want to be respectful to her because ultimately she's the one I'm trying to get in, you know, right. Aaron and I are trying to get
9: in with, not this guy Neil in Chicago.
0: Right. She's the alpha.
9: Right.
8: Yeah.
9: <laughs> right. But she's but the it, strangest alpha ever.
8: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's really interesting sitting in a meeting with an alpha that in that meeting is not the alpha, but she knows she's the alpha and she's, you know, and I know she's the alpha, but the other guy thought he was the alpha. Yep. It was really an interesting dynamic. It was very. Oh,
0: geez, they're all arguing. I could, You can could just see them on a day-to-day basis, like talking about each other and having these meetings and going around each other to the CEO. They're going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're always going around, which tells you something about his le- leadership. Not Not yeah. personal, but, you know.
1: And if if we do get in there, we're going to have to have some relationships with other people because I get the impression that people aren't going to stick around all that long there.
0: That was the other thing I was thinking. Hmm. Well,
1: actually, actually, it's the
9: opposite. They they've been there forever. hmm I mean, they were that. Huh. When they told us in the first meeting that they that Joanne's been there for twenty six years and Nick or or what was it? what was Rick. the other guy's name?
1: Rick. 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 Rick's been there for 18 years or something like that. And maybe they're like a family that bickers. That's what I, it
0: is, yeah. That's it, what it is. It's a family it, that bickers, but... The,
1: it's the opposite, yeah. Yeah,
0: you get in with her, then she retires. She can't leave. That has to be part <laughs> of the contract. So as soon as she leaves, you're out of there.
9: Probably. Well, yeah, well, luckily her backup person was in the meeting, the second one as well. Okay. Oh, and, and he seems to like us as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just so weird. I'm laughing at so I'm laughing at a pure nerves. Pure nerves. Oh, what a riot. All right. Geez. All right, we'll check in with uh, uh Nathan, did you have anything else for the team?
8: <laughs> no, that's that's it. That's
0: funny. All right, Brad or Bruce, do you have anything for the team?
9: Hi Barb, it's Bruce. Hi. I just I just want to kind of second a couple things that happened. I want to thank Don for all of his information about Tim. Okay. I know I saw Tim last year at the ABC show. I think it was last year, maybe the year before, but um, he is really phenomenal, I agree, and all this information that we're getting. Um, I'm so looking forward to seeing his handouts from this year. I was unable to go to his breakout this year because I had somebody something else I wanted to go to more, but um, so I want to thank Don for all of his help there and uh, this goodwill story I just find fascinating,
2: <laughs> and
9: um, i just can't I just can't wait to hear you know how this thing progresses forward. I I have a feeling that it's going to be a good progression for for specialized over in California Goodwill, but uh it's so interesting hearing all these dynamics. It's almost like Bruce, it's like the old Batman. Stay tuned next week.
0: Stay right. Right. exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh.
9: exactly. So, that's it,
1: Barb.
0: All right, that's great. Is Brad are you there?
1: I'm here, nothing
0: but Hi, I think I I I I did not do um uh, Bureau, uh, your guy, much justice, but
1: um... you know you had, you actually brought up a couple things that I had forgotten. Number one was um, uh, the John Wooden reference, and yes. uh, I think we can learn a lot from a lot of what John Wooden said. Yes, I have him. I, I'd like to uh, maybe delve into that a little bit more because there's some great uh, there's some great books and 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 uh, sayings out there that really make a lot of sense, not just in uh sales but in 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 life in general um so and then the other thing i think you said uh, i can't remember now but um Let's see. uh uh you know you you brought to mind a couple things that i had forgotten about his presentation so um, being
0: eager versus willing to do something
1: uh, i think the other thing was th- uh, you know he he did another exercise behind besides the board breaking thing at the very beginning of uh of the session that uh, about um, doing things that you think that you can't do right and um, being able to go further than you think you can mm-hmm. and you know the the name of the session actually in terms of leadership breakthrough is a little bit of a misnomer because. Um, it's it's really not much about what we believe to be the traditional definition of leadership at you know in the context of you know management or whatever it's really about leading yourself uh uh past any uh you know it's it's about leading yourself uh through uh, or past what's holding you back right and it makes us pick out made us pick out uh everybody pick out the whole point of the board breaking thing was to pick out something that you uh you thought was holding it back and write actually physically write it on the board before you broke it so it was uh, it uh, it wasn't just about uh willing yourself to do something that you uh that you couldn't or you thought you couldn't which is important but also naming it
0: <laughs> right absolutely yep um did you have anything else you needed to tell the team? Me? Yeah.
1: No, I'm good. Thanks.
0: Good. Okay. All right.
1: Hey, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just,
8: this is Nathan. Just one more thing. I, I was watching the news this morning and I noticed there, there was there's a story about a, a bridge on I ten collapsing. Yes. And I don't know how that's going to or if that's going to affect our situation with SV Richards. We do get a lot of product from their California distribution center. Um, but just be aware of that, that there could potentially be an issue. Uh, I plan to reach out to Lola uh, right now to get more information and see if they've uh, looked at that issue or, and have created a backup plan. Um, I have no idea how long the bridge is going to be out. I speculate it will only be a real issue for, you know, a couple, you know, for maybe today. Maybe today they'll be able to get the road open if the other side of the bridge works okay. But it could be a potential nightmare.
4: Yeah,
0: um, maybe we'll kick off with why that bridge collapsed. If anybody's curious, just read the story on that. We'll leave it at that. So, um, uh, you know what? It's 8:33. We all got to get going. So, have a wonderful week. We'll talk next Monday, and uh, yeah, we'll start out with why bridges collapse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: You'll see. Read it. All right. Bye. Bye, Barb. Thanks. Thanks.